Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. guys and welcome to another edition of Patch Chat. Um, I've got a special guest with me, I'm never alone, well sometimes I am but never usually. Um, you you know what they say, things uh, sometimes they just come like buses, you wait for ages for one one of them and then two come along at once. Well our guest on this episode is not, uh, not only from my hometown, which I never thought I'd say again after the last time when I had Derek Gray on. Um, go back and listen to that episode if you get a chance. Um, she's from Aberdeen like me, um, and she's also female, which um, she makes her she makes it the second female we've had on the show so far. So the more the merrier, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, females may know more or probably know more than most guys. Um, so there's no reason why you get some people that you know, exclude them for their gender or whatever reason they want to exclude females for. Um, she's an, a journalist extraordinaire and a Seahawks aficionado. Um, one third of the End Zone Scoop podcast. It's Shona Duffy. How are you doing, Shona? I'm great. Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, bit of a long-winded intro there, but I hope it wasn't too bad for you. No, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we were just talking before we started this about um, a little bit about your work and such like if you don't mind um, can you take us through your career path a little bit and how you've got to where you are now well it's kind of a little convoluted but I actually started <laughs> in London um, well no I, I was freelancing up here first like on match days because I I knew at a young age that I wanted to be a journalist and I thought it was originally going to be news and then when I got to uni my mum was like, I don't really know why you want to do news. You love sport. Why would you not combine the two together? And I was like, that just makes so much more sense. So <clears throat> I was doing match reports for um, the Highland League website and also the Scottish Sun before I moved down to London. Um, so for there, I covered Leighton Orient for a year at a local newspaper. Um, so that was quite fun. And then I did actually move into news because I wanted to experience the news side did that for about eight months and then went back to sport so and um, then I was at Sky Sports for a year and I really did enjoy my time down in London but um, my contract wasn't extended with them so I decided to just move home like I kind of had uh, people say you can't get bored of London and it's true you can but I feel like once if you live there you're spending a lot of money on your rent and stuff you kind of just to take a different path and I always knew I'd move home um so yeah I moved home and then I'm now working for original 106 with DC Thompson and I've been with that company for just over 18 months um but on the side of this like NFL has always been a massive passion of mine so I've been um, writing for 99 Yards, which is Liz Bandari's website um, that she runs. And also we've now started the podcast, which is the Ends on Scoop. So yeah, keeping myself pretty busy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, I haven't, admittedly, I haven't 
listened to much of uh, the rebranded Enzo and Scoop, but I did listen to the old uh, moniker with the you three ladies. And yeah, like as I was saying at the top there, just because you're three ladies to chatting about sport and NFL in particular, there's by no means that that should just be shunned and, oh, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. Let's put that to the side and listen to male voices because it's just an absolute load of nonsense. Um, personally, I, I feel that and it's something that we're trying to push here at Parts Chat between me and Jake that um, because uh, you're probably maybe not aware that Jake is um, black and, you know, he gets things from that perspective of, oh, you're black, would you know what you're talking about when you know, 70 odd percent of the league is actually black people that people are cheering for. But yet the other week on opening night, you hear them booing the same type of people. It's just bizarre to us anyway. Um, but have you ever experienced any sort of hassles and such like because you're you're a female in the sports world? <laughs> Plenty, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it mostly happened most of it happened when I was working down in London. So when I was covering Leighton Orient, it's quite a local, it's a local football team. So if you're from that area in East London, like that is your team and they all kind of congregate around them and support them. Um, yeah, there was a couple of things of this guy kept asking me every week after my match report was published online, if I'd won a writing competition to work at Leighton Orient, uh, well, to cover Leighton Orient because he thought I was so bad as a journalist. So that was really fun because at like 10 past five every Saturday after the Leighton Orient game, that is the tweet I would get. <clears throat> so it became like clockwork from this guy every week. So there was that. And then when I was actually covering the club, they went into like, they got served a wagon up petition because they're owned by this Italian guy who was basically trying to run them into the ground. I think, I think unintentionally, but it was almost there and uh, so I was working like seven days a week and I remember getting this forum popping up of my name and they were like oh it's a good job she's pretty because otherwise we wouldn't want to read her articles and um and I, there was like an anagram of my name being spelt out in like a sexualized manner somebody said one time um oh, there's a reason you work at Leonorian because you, you're dating one of the players. Just all those sort of yeah. like little comments of mm -hmm. that you, like, you haven't got there because you've worked really hard, which when you're young and moving into the sports industry as a female, it's really hard to get your head around because I remember thinking it was my first job at 24. I'd been match reporting up here since I was like, well, I was like 20, 21. So I've been doing it for three, four years and I was doing most of it for free. So for to finally get a paid job, like I was like, this is great. Like I finally got there after all this time, like mm -hmm. of getting experience. And then to just get those comments was, yeah, like not the best, but. Yeah, I can yeah, imagine, especially like being uh, young is, you know, it's, young is how you feel or whatever sort of thing but you know what I mean like you were early in your career and then to have this thrown at you from all angles it seems um, must have been quite difficult at times um, I'm guessing was it? It was quite uh, quite difficult I think the one that got me the most was the guy that kept coming back every week like the forum I kind of just like brushed aside because I was a forum post for like a week and then I wasn't a topic anymore. You can kind of move on from that. Mm -hmm. But with that person in particular, it was just a constant 
to read and like I knew it was coming so even if like I was finished my work on a Saturday I still knew that he if he hadn't tweeted yet he was gonna tweet it at some point that evening and then that's tying into like my time off mm. and then the next day so yeah there's there's been loads of comments like even if from people who have just like met you know on a, on a night out or something and I say oh yeah I'm a sports journalist and they're like oh can you tell me the offside rule well, I'm not going to be a sports journalist if I don't know the offside rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, speaking about the offside rule, that is um, quite a good podcast. I'm not sure if you listen to that one, but that's that's one I enjoy listening to on a Friday as well um, with Hayley McQueen and the girls on there. But you know, that's beside the point. Um, one thing I never understand about these people, and you probably don't either, to be fair, but um, is just like there's so many prominent women in on tv in general and in sports whether it be Hayley McQueen whether it be um Kirstie Gallagher or you know Helen Chamberlain has been on our tv for years but yet you still get all these people like do they just think oh well they're just you know a bit of fluff or whatever expression you want to use I just find it really bizarre but you know as you've um grown up and when you were growing up um, I mentioned a couple of names there and obviously um, as we speak um, we can't watch it because we're doing this but um, Hannah Wilkes has got the new NFL magazine show that's starting on the NFL channel tonight uh, um, Erica Posey obviously produces it around the NFL podcast as well is it people like that that um, you look up to um, or is there other people that you know made you feel that yeah journalism that's exactly what I went doing sports journalism in particular um I think well Kirstie Gallagher is obviously one that I watched since I was a kid and I think she's fantastic at her job like I think she's you know always been really professional and comes across really well when she's on screen um but I actually watched soccer am a lot when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I can't remember her last name Helen I can't remember her last name yeah yeah sorry yeah but I loved soccer AM and her in Tim Lovejoy and I just thought that is something that she just looks like she's having so much fun and she knows what she's talking about hmm. you know that on soccer when when she was on soccer AM and used to be like oh no we don't know we don't really know what she's saying like let's just go back to Tim like it was a good dynamic they have between the two of them yeah I think in Scotland um I can't remember her last name either but she works for SCV and she covers um, Hearts, um, well, she's in STV and covers sport in Edinburgh, um, Shula something, I feel bad, but she's also amazing. Um, I met her when I was at a Celtic press conference and she's like really good because at that time she was literally the only female in amongst all these men and she yeah. was completely holding, holding her own. So yeah, there, I think there's good examples of, and I think there's more now as well, like compared to when I was growing up, like you had the big names, like you've mentioned, like Hayley McQueen, Kirstie Gallagher, um, Chamberlain, um, Claire Boulding, all in, the, all in the limelight. But you now have more household names making 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 themselves known, like Joe Wilson on Sky Sports. And now you've got Hannah Wilkes with this NFL show. Um, and TalkSport have now rebranded their their team although i'm quite sad georgie bingham's gone i loved her show on that yeah i thought that too i was i was a bit gutted when i saw her tweet saying that that was her out the door so i hope she comes back to doing something um, again soon it was 
a highlight of a Saturday morning or, and Sunday morning, actually, for, for me personally. Yeah, so I think for younger girls who are maybe thinking that they want to get into sports journalism, I think they've got a lot of role models that they can look up to. It depends what avenue you want to go down because now you have you know, women's football, that's that's coming big in this well particularly in England like they're the Telegraph have got a massive women's football coverage team um and obviously the Women's World Cup last summer which does not feel like last summer it feels like a lifetime ago that drew up a lot of attention from people so you know that's if that's another avenue that that young girls can aspire to because women footballers are going to be hopefully more on the tv more often Mm, yeah, definitely. And you see that in um, Sports Sound and other programmes like the BT One, I can't remember who it is, that um, goes on the, the BT version of Soccer Saturday. But, you know, they are more prominent now. And I think that's great for young girls. I mean, um, when I spoke to Lauren from Nessen a couple of weeks ago for the podcast, I've said to her that I've, my daughter, you know, I'd love for a grow up as if she doesn't want to be into sports that's fair enough you know I'm not going to force it down her throat or maybe well <laughs> um, but you know there is as you say there's a lot more uh, women in sport and in prominent roles in sport um, that you can be aspirational towards and um, one thing I um, want to ask you as well is any advice for anyone um, you know was you given any tidbits of wisdom that have stuck with you now that you would pass on to anyone or is it just a case of you know um get up and do it you're an independent person yourself you've been away traveling yourself you went uh, you know you took the leap and went to london which is amazing because a lot of people wouldn't do such a thing when you come from a smaller city like we do is there anything that um, you would pass on to anyone else that is uh, maybe listening that wants to get into it just trust your own instincts like definitely trust your own gut like when it comes to things like that like I remember first my first sports desk experience was actually at the Scottish Sun for three days um and I was absolutely basically so nervous because this you know I mean it's quite a big newspaper in the UK um but the guys there were so great like they were really really helpful um they kept in contact like they gave me their contact details as well and that's something I always say to people if you are even if you're only on a desk for like two days make contacts because you never know when you're going to come across these guys again Mm. um obviously I moved south but now I'm back there's some of them still working in the industry and I recognize them from before so and they know my face so I'm now like I speak to them quite a lot when we're in well at the moment it's zoom conferences with Aberdeen (laughs) but um normally it's a press conference so you'd be in that and you know and you can it's good to know even if they're competitors who you're going to be working with every week because you do work with them every week because you're covering the same sort of area mm-hmm. um yeah basically it's not the best advice but you do have to sometimes just do match reports for free it's the best experience like i worked for the highland league website for about six to eight months i think before i moved down south and i didn't get paid for it but those games were so good to do because you know there's Highland game the Highland League games on every weekend and I guess it's if you're, if there's someone in England's listening it'll be similar to like the like well like lower than the National League maybe like the lower conferences of the National League structure yeah. um 
that I'm not saying Highland League's bad because it's a great league. <laughs> it's really exciting. Um, and that gives you the experience of just typing up match reports, speaking to the managers after, because again, that can be daunting. Like I remember it being in Rudy Locals and the interviews were done in the changing room halls. So I was literally standing there waiting for like the player manager to come out after <laughs> being in the changing rooms, which, you know, people are like, oh, but you're a girl. Why were you there? And I'm like, well, I'm getting an interview. I'm doing my job. So yeah. just like be confident in what you're doing and don't look like I am the female in this sports world. Like, I know that sounds really strange, but like, it, mentally in your head, you might be thinking that and get more nervous. Mm-hmm. Just think you're like everyone else. You're just waiting for the manager to come out and get that interview. And yeah, that's the best best advice I would give. Yeah, it sounds really good, Sean, and definitely. And was uh, was there a lot of deep heat smell in the corridors of the, it was the stands? Really weird, because <laughs> you literally just have to wait there, and you're like, and it was the same at Farfar as well. So, and you and you only want to speak to like certain players. So all these guys are walking past you, and you know who they are, and they're like they know that you're basically waiting for an interview. So they're all looking at you, and you're just like, not want you. Nope, no, not you. you. You're not the star striker. <laughs> nope, not you. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, so- must be um, an experience, definitely. Um, especially, I mean, we, we both know Highland League. For anyone that doesn't know, yeah, is more like your your lower leagues and things. And I I, I grew up uh, in and around uh, Fraserburgh, North of Aberdeen. So um, oh, so did my family. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's. So I'm uh, I've been Highland League since little, and now I'm across the road from Cove, who were in the Highland League at one point, and uh, yeah, are, yeah, they're into, into League One. So as soon as crowds get back, I, I will get across to Balnoral eventually, but whenever that is. Um, but I think we've we digress ever so slightly from an NFL type podcast. <laughs> so Seahawks, how did you get into the Seahawks? Well. Yeah, that's. I got into NFL really late. I mean, I did l- like NFL. Like, I watched Ace Ventura like so many times when I was a kid. So, hearing him like the laces out in the, the when he's in his ballerina outfit and he's like lace twenty two. So I was kind of <laughs> new about the NFL, but I just didn't really watch it much. But the first year I actually watched it was the Brother Bowl. So that was two thousand and that would be the two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen season. Yeah, and obviously the Ravens one and I didn't really pick either team I wasn't really like enamored by either of them mm. I was just kind of like oh this is a really good Super Bowl because it's brother be brother so like the parents will be happy either way <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. You, you, you pick the one that we all end up in up until what half four quarter to five or whatever it was because of the blackout <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I picked a really interesting one to get into but after that I was basically kind of hooked um, and then that summer, no, the following year, I went traveling and I was in I was in America and Seattle had just won the Super Bowl and I went to Seattle. So, the, yeah, I basically got hooked from there because when you go, I don't, if, when you go to Seattle, it's one of those towns that basically everyone there supports Seattle Seahawks and they support the Sounders and they support the Mariners. Like it just breathes like the Seattle franchise teams. Mm-hmm. so all the flags were out being like Super Bowl champs we were the 12 like 12 and that was that was it I was just gone from there saw Century Link and just yeah Seahawks <laughs> sounds enough. like I'm a floor hunter but I'm not <laughs> like, I actually I actually went over there 
and spent I spent time there the year they won it. So yeah, that was they sucked me in basically. Yeah, well, to be fair, that it's a it's something that's um, thrown about at Patriots fans all the time of being bandwagoners and you've not known anything apart from Brady. But it's a similar thing um, because through the Patriots, I now follow the Bruins, the Celtics, um, the Revolution. You know, it's a similar yeah. thing. It's just East Coast, West Coast variations of the same thing. You go in wholeheartedly and everything and everyone... I've seen, you know, Edelman walks around in a Bruins jersey when they're in the playoffs and the guys will put on Celtics jerseys because they're still in the playoffs now in the, since the Bruins got knocked out the other week and it's it's a similar thing and as I say, the, the bandwagon thing annoys me from that point of view but also you'll know yourself from um, European round ball that how many Chelsea fans have we got now? How many City fans have we got now? How yeah. many Celtic and Rangers fans grew, grew up two, three hundred miles away from Glasgow that because that's who were winning leagues when they were five and six and seven years old, that that's the team that they support. So naturally you you kind of become involved in this sort of thing like you have done when you were there. And But they've not been that great since. They've been there or thereabouts getting yeah. the playoffs and things. But, you know, you're still a Seahawks fan at the end of the day. So, I mean, you're... That, that to me doesn't clash with a bandwagon fan anymore, <laughs> anymore at least they might have done to begin with but it's just the way it works it's whoever's at the yeah. top naturally gains more fans around the world in general and it's just how sport is so meh they can tell people to sort of <laughs> you're absolutely right though about the about like, the other teams because I now also follow the Sounders and sadly the Mariners who now are the only franchise to not win the World Series after Washington last, won last year. So <laughs> that would be a, a fact that I would really like the Mariners to wipe off at some yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, the, the, see, the one of my short one, long-winded short story uh, is I cut off all the West Coast teams because of the time difference. So how does that factor in for you? <laughs> <laughs> it can be tough because obviously Sunday they played at six so that worked out pretty well because that means the game was finished by like half nine but sometimes when it's the 9.25 kickoff I do sometimes miss the end of the game which <laughs> doesn't help because you want to know if you won or not so there's been a few mornings when I woke up when Seattle like were maybe like winning and then when I woke up in the morning they've lost and I'm like oh for goodness sake <laughs> like, <laughs> but they the one twenty fives are the ones that I can never really stay awake for. Like I think I think I've stayed up for one in last I was so keen to stay up for the one last year when Seattle were playing San Francisco, but I was actually flying to America the next day at six AM. So I actually got up to catch the end of the game, which was mm. really exciting. Because obviously <laughs> Seattle actually won that one. Um, yeah. but yeah, it it is quite tough. But because they're not like Seattle always play at nine twenty five, like that's their normal time. They only yeah. play if they're on the East Coast. So, yeah, I guess I'm getting used to. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, After all these years, well, I'm used to it now. What you're saying is I shouldn't message you when the Patriots win on Sunday because you'll be sleeping and you'll want to watch the game later on after work. <laughs> Most likely. Most likely. <laughs> um, so the big controversy... 
Sorry, say that again. <laughs> I just said, it's not necessarily that the Patriots are going to win. <laughs> the, the big controversy controversy of the offseason for the Seahawks, where we couldn't talk about the Seahawks without talking about Jamal Adams and what happened in that trade. Going on the basis of Sunday, from what I've seen um, of the game, if he has a game like that every week, the trade's is perfect. You know, who cares if you give away a couple of first round picks because the guy was an absolute monster on Sunday, personally speaking. But overall, do you think it was too much to give away for such a player that's in that position that's not a QB or wide receiver, you know, one of the star players as such? Uh, not really. Have you seen Seattle's first round picks the past couple of years? Yeah. <laughs> so, so me and Dana spoke about this on Enzo's Scoop. And we were just like, we're quite happy with, like, we're all Seahawks fans, actually, all three of us. So we all discussed this and we were just basically saying that, yeah, we understand, like, some Seahawks fans being like, whoa, like, the Jets got a better deal. But I wouldn't want to be Bradley McDougall at the Jets right now. And I was really sad to see Bradley McDougall go. I actually was quite a big fan of him. So that part of the trade, I was quite sad, only just because I liked him. But I feel like what we gave up, isn't necessarily going to be that bad of a thing because we still need LJ Collier to like prove what he's worth and he was a first round pick. I think Rashad Penny gets a lot of stick. I think he's actually, before his big injury last season, I think he just started to come into his own. Mm-hmm. But we tend to pick these guys that nobody's heard of. It's, t- it's yeah. typical Seattle, John Snyder, Pete Carroll style. And you're like, why have we picked them? <laughs> and yeah. some have actually some have paid off but if you look at later on down the boards like most of our top picks now like Tyler Lockett and Bobby Wagner Russell Wilson they were all third round picks so yeah. I'm not that sad and especially after Sunday that we gave up so much uh, yeah the Jets obviously did get a good deal with that but I wouldn't want to be Adam Gase and Jets fan right now no, not really. Not the way after, after the way he handled Le'Veon Bell as well. Um, he, he just seems to be digging his own grave <laughs> for for whatever reason. He's I just don't think he's a very good coach. Um, we saw that in Miami, and the Jets decided even after playing him twice a season, they decided he was the fit for them, and they were going to get him in. Which I don't understand because look at Tannehill now. Um, the guy is balling out and. Kind of, sort of, for the uh, Titans, apart from last night's game, was a bit terrible. I'm glad I missed. I didn't stay up for that one. <laughs> um, Goskowski's kicking was another thing um, to be to behold. But, yeah, um, enough of that. <laughs> Back on to Seahawks, Patriots. Um, the, the overall off-season, were you happy enough with the way things were in the circumstance? I know it's uh, unprecedented is the word that's been banded about so much the past few months. Um how have you found the off-season for the Seahawks in general? I think it's generally been quite a good one. Um, obviously, we didn't get to re-sign Clowney. He went to the Titans. So I think that was a bit of a loss to our defence. But again, I can't... like Pete Carroll and John Snyder know what they're doing. Like They know more than me. So they... I think from Sunday's performance, I thought the defence looked quite good. Like... I thought, yeah, Jamal was just insane. Bobby Wagner seems to be back up to his level. He did a big promotional video before the game being like, 
good proofers that were wrong, which I don't think why anyone would doubt Bobby Wagner. Um, so I think, yeah, like obviously it's hard to tell because there was no there was no rookie camp and there was no preseason games to know how like how our draft picks are going to fare in the team. But I think overall it went quite quite well for the Seahawks. I'm not like I wasn't too pessimistic about it or. But then I never am. And then everyone, everyone, every time I look on Twitter, Seahawks Twitter is like insane. It's always like, why have we not got this person? And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm quite happy, but sure. <laughs> yeah, you should see the Patriots one just now. They're going bananas because it seems Odell's um, being shipped around by the Browns. And now uh, Robinson could be handing in the, his papers at the Bears. So we suddenly gained all this cap space from the opt-outs and now they're like, ah, just throw money at people. You know, We'll take them all because our receivers are crap. So um, Beckham, I'm not so sure about. I'd have Robinson because I think he would actually fit into the system quite well. But Beckham, between his poop gate scandal and whatever else comes his way, um, <laughs> I'm just... I'm, I'm slowly but surely just waning on the guy. He's, uh, he's just got a... I don't know if it's the Mayfield effect for him, but yeah, he's he's a wide receiver too now. He's not a wide receiver one unless that he, he can go to a team and just completely change that, um, change my mind on that one. We'll wait and see. But yeah, the, the um, Patriots Twitter has been going mental this evening the, from what I've seen with the um, decent wide receivers apparently being shipped around the, the teams to see who can get the best trade in. So we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, I was um, from what I've seen of um, Lewis on Sunday and Yupati, you know, you've got a couple of pieces there because I think that's probably where the, the Seahawks lack, in my opinion. You might disagree, but um, covering, keeping Wilson safe and in the pocket and or oh you know God, being yes. able to actually protect him a little bit is the area that they needed to work on as much as anything this off season and those two players could add a lot to the front line, do you think? I definitely agree with that. I've been saying for ages like that we need to fix our O line. Like Russell needs to be protected and he just like wasn't when you saw him like scrambling in games and like okay it's great to see Russ run but like I don't want to see him run all the time. Like he's not getting any younger. So mm. <laughs> he's only gonna be able to do that for so long. But yeah, no, I really like the Damian Lewis pick. Obviously, he was at LSU, um, so they they won the college championship with Joe Burrow as their quarterback. So I mean, if he was protecting Joe, he's probably likely going to be protect, protecting Russell quite well. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was really happy with that pick. And yeah, the O line is something we definitely needed to a change. And what I really liked was the touchdown that they basically gave for Chris Carson on Sunday when they all were basically like blocking the defenders that they were running with him. And yeah. then I haven't seen that from the Seahawks in quite a long time. So that was really good to see. And that's, that's the kind of O-line you want, you know, the quarterback's protected and you're not helping the guy to score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And the the game, I've um, watched the highlights of, um, the last day or so because I started to watch them last night and actually fell asleep, so I had to finish off watching it. Um, the Seahawks um, game today, and the Falcons managed to get 450 yards, but still lose. I think that was partly just due to, you know, they weren't slick enough. The Seahawks, um, Wilson threw for 322, but managed four touchdowns off of that. The production was so much better. Um, 
than the Falcons. Do you think that's a positive on this year compared to last year as well, that they, they can actually be more efficient in and around the, the opponent's half? Definitely, because I think we scored like we scored our first opening drive and then our second as well. And I can't remember the last time Seattle actually scored from their like opening like offensive drive. Because we always have this joke that it's like, oh, four and out. Okay, yeah, we're done. Okay, next. Like, yeah. But yeah, I think it was really, I really liked what the offense did. I thought they were really efficient. And like, you know, the Falcons were trying to stop the run game. So Russ was basically like, okay, try and stop my run game. I'll just throw then. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, I feel like we've, hopefully I'm not speaking too soon with Brian Schottenheimer's offensive uh, plan, but I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Um, but it feels like we're utilizing Russ when we need to, but also still, still not losing our identity of establishing the run, which mm-hmm. is what we fans have been asking for for ages is to let, you know, Russ Cook. Yeah, and uh, flipping to the opposite side of the ball, uh, speaking about that 450 yards that you gave up, and do you feel that as a, a concern that needs to be addressed going forward through the season? Probably does. Um, I think that's quite still quite a lot of yardage, and it could just be the fact that the reason that wasn't converted was because the Falcons weren't connecting enough on the offense. Um, I mean, if we come up against better teams like the Patriots, like because Cam was amazing last Sunday, um, or you know the Ravens, that's going to be an issue if we keep up that much yardage against those type of quarterbacks. Yeah, if you give that up, um, you know you're going to have to score more than thirty-eight points. You think to actually to win the game because the um, yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> yeah, and so with the looking at the game on Sunday with the Patriots, do you, how do you see the strengths and weaknesses of your opponent either adding to your game or subtracting to what you think might happen on Sunday? I just think it's going to be a really good game. Like, I, people were writing off Bill way before in the off-season being like, oh, what's he going to be like without Brady? I'm like, come on, the guy's going to be completely fine without Brady. My question is, what's Brady going to be like without Bill? Because that seemed to what was working for Tom at New England. My personal opinion was having Bill Belichick as his head coach. And I think yeah, Cam also proved what he's capable of. I was so surprised that he wasn't picked up from any team in that, you know, other, like he just was left and other quarterbacks were getting a job over him was leaving me a bit speechless. Um, <laughs> So he's kind of proved he's done what he needs to do. He's proved what he's worth, and I thought he had a really good game on Sunday. Um, and yeah, I just I just think overall we're a really really interesting tie. I think we two good teams going up against one another. Yeah, I think so. I was uh, seeing some snippets of Bill Belichick's press conference today, and they were asking him about the game on Sunday, and you know the game plan for it. And he was like, "Yeah, we like we've planned for the Dolphins." However, the Seahawks are a completely different entity and, you know, we didn't, it's not as though, like, it seems some teams have a playbook and that's what they work off regardless, whether it's the Dolphins, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, Ravens, whoever, 
Whereas Belichick and his coaching staff always just game plan rather than playbook, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they are, you know, what you've seen on Sunday could be ripped up and started again come this Sunday um, against the, the Seahawks in Sunday night football. So I think you're right, Sean. I think it's going to be a really interesting game, really, really fun to watch. And it's just a bit gutting that it's on so late for us. <laughs> really. Yeah. Damn these Sunday night games. <laughs> yeah. That has to be a game pass if it's up and running properly by then to watch on Monday when I'll watch it at the side while I'm plowing away with some work scripts. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, my boss might hear that. So no, no game pass while working. <laughs> just uh, just have a one year on and, you know, an iPad or something sitting next to you so you can keep an eye on us. They're typing away and doing your work. That yeah. seems like a, a fair compromise to me. Definitely. I think that would totally work. <laughs> <laughs> so, just um, looking at the the season overall, how do you think? You know, last year you went eleven and five, second in the division, and lost to the Packers in the divisional round. Do you think you can go one or two better than that? It's the Super Bowl definitely on the cards this year. Do you think? I think that's what Pete and John were going for in the off season. I think by getting that Jamal Adams traded now, um, while he's still on that contract, to me just. It's, it speaks that they're trying to go for the jugular this year. Um, I think the NFC West, I cannot predict it because obviously the Cardinals beat um, the 49ers on Sunday mm-hmm. and then the Rams also beat the Cowboys. So I had the Rams not doing, I mean, I don't know if it was because the Rams actually played that well or it was because the Cowboys weren't that good. That's still up for debate. Um, <laughs> but all three of us are now on a win and Sam Fan aren't, which I didn't expect for the first week yeah. of, of this season. I don't I don't think it will end that way. I still think it will be between Sam Fan and Seattle to take out the divi- to win the division. And I think the Cardinals could even potentially sneak into the playoffs with the with the wild card spot now. But the NFC as a whole is so stacked, so it's gonna be tough and I, before the season, wasn't sure about the Packers and then they just completely ran away with it against the Vikings. But then the Vikings came back as well. So there might be some issues on their defense. So I'm hoping that we at least get to the championship game and mm-hmm. Super Bowl will be like a nice cherry on top. But yeah, I think that's like with the trades that they've done and the, the players they've acquired in the off season, I think that's what they're planning to go for. Yeah, I think you're right. Um the the Adams trade definitely spoke of you know we're going win now mode almost and I was looking through the the roster and you know a lot of them including the quarterback aren't getting any younger and at some point they're going to have to rip it up and start again pretty much effectively by you know doing almost what the Patriots have started to do already and getting younger guys in either through the draft or um, undrafted free agents and stuff and just Starks, I think, I can't remember off the top of my head, but we're definitely our average age across the Patriots roster this year is, I'm sure it's something like four years younger than it was last year. I think Tom Brady probably took up the majority of those four years. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, but yeah, it's something like that. I can see the Seahawks doing something similar maybe in a year or two um, when Wilson's contract that he's just signed recently comes to um, it's drawn to 
a conclusion, they might start then. But definitely, they've they want at least one more Super Bowl and one more Super Bowl win before this contract's up. I think for sure. Yeah, definitely. And Russ is still his Russ is still his prime. You know, he's still got um, a good couple, like few years ahead of him. So I think the the definitely tried to build a team that can take them to another Super Bowl and hopefully go for the win. Yeah, I think so. And so just to wrap up then, Shona, I'm going to shut up and just let you plug the podcast and Twitter and anything else that you want to um, advertise, essentially, for anyone that's listening that wants to follow you in chat NFL or Aberdeen or anything it might be, even the Orient. If you, I'm guessing you still follow them a little bit as well, do you? I do, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I just came upstairs just before the podcast actually, and I just saw they equalised against Plymouth, so I still keep up for their scores because, you know, I was I was only there for a year, but I just love club, covering them. So they're like my League Two sort of England club <laughs> that I follow. Um, but so you can follow me on Shona Duffley Four on Twitter. I mostly talk about either running or. NFL mostly it's mostly NFL and with little snippets of what some of the work I do at original um I'm also we're on end zone scoop which is with Liz Bandari and Dana she lives over in the states so it's all three of us and we can be found on Spreaker I also write for 99 yards and we also have a podcast which is linked to the website which um we've been previewing the season but we're now doing like reactions from the weekend which we're starting um this week so that can also be found through the 99 yours website so yeah that's where to find all my stuff well i'll be sure to check out more and more of your work for sure and i'm sure all the listeners were and i just like to thank you for your time thank you very much thank you cheers and that's a wrap on another episode of pat's chat folks Thanks once again to Shona for chatting some Patriots and her beloved Seahawks before Sunday Night Football this weekend. I have been your host, Matt Inkster. Jake will be back soon enough, I'm sure. You can catch both of us at Matt Inkster on Twitter and at Jake Paul Design for Jake. If you want to catch up on anything with the podcast, it's at Pat's Chat UK. Remember to rate, review and subscribe on any of the podcast share apps that you use. Um, whether it be Android, Apple, or even on your Mac, or through Alexa and Spotify, you can find us everywhere. Um, be sure to tell all your friends about us. And don't forget, you can catch Shona over 99 Yards and the other places, including Endzone Scoop podcast that she mentioned there. And of course, myself, you can find my written work at nflscotland.com. My review of the weekend's action is already out and you will shortly see my preview of the upcoming games this weekend. So until next time folks, we'll chat again soon. See ya!